You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. The games are underway and DraftKings is bringing you to the podium. DraftKings free-to-play pools are available every day of the games in Tokyo, and they are offering a free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes. That's up to $50,000 up for grabs, and the best part is that it's free-to-play. DraftKings free-to-play pools are easy to enter. Just download the DraftKings app, go to Pools, choose from a wide variety of free contests for an opportunity to win cash prizes. All you have to do is answer a handful of questions around what you think is going to happen during that day's events, and track your results throughout the evening to see if you will achieve total victory. Questions will range from mental count to questions specific to the USA team. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to get your free shot at up to $50,000 in total cash prizes every day of the games in Tokyo. Head to DraftKings Pools page to get to your shot at huge cash prizes. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for full details. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. This is the Broadway Boys Podcast through the Hockey Podcast Network, and we are back with Season 2, Episode 65, and Andy and I are back together, feeling so good, so much to talk about, but first I need to know, Andy, how are you doing, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm upstate at my mother's house for a family reunion, so it's been great to see a bunch of people I haven't seen in a long time just because of the pandemic. Uh, I have extended family here. My immediate family's here, or significant others are here. So yeah, it's been it's been great. It's kind of been like uh, one big, just weekend long hang and barbecue and, and played cornhole for Jesus probably like five hours yesterday. Yeah. So just you know, just a lot of fun seeing new babies and uh, relatives and yeah, just hanging with uh, my siblings and yeah, so it's been a great time. No, that's awesome. I'm I'm glad you're having. A busy weekend. It seems like the Rangers have had a busy week and have made some pretty wild moves. And, you know, it leaves us with uh, plenty to talk about, Andy. Uh, I don't even know where to start. So I'm going to let you choose where you want to begin on this little journey that we're about to take. You know, I think we should definitely start from an aspect of players in, players out. Uh, So... 
I think there's a lot of Ranger fans are online or and in social media are are I not are I guess they're not that enthused with some of the moves they've seen Chris Drury make. Uh, I would say that Chris Drury definitely seems to be someone who ha- seems to have a vision and a plan, and when it comes to implementing it, uh, he's going to do whatever he deems best to to make sure it fits his mold. I it seems like he's someone who doesn't get caught up so much on you know making sure he's getting the most value for all of his assets. I think he's just I'm building this team the way I want it to be built. And you know, period. That's it end of story. The Rangers have it's in the past that we've spoke about the fact that they've have now that they have a fully stocked cupboard and have had draft uh they've had empty uh, cap space and assets that they should start spending. But then obviously every time you don't get maximize all your assets, uh, your fans get pissed. So I don't know. I think it's one of those things where do I think maybe Chris Drury could, should have got a little bit or tried to get a little bit more value for Pavel Buchnevich. Yeah, I do. Um, do I think you necessarily have to, pay a third round pick for Ryan Reeves. No, I don't. But that being said, at the end of the day, I think he has a vision and he's going to implement it. And if it doesn't work, it's it's on him. And I think he knows that. I think that's one of the things. It's that this is something that until we see how this team looks or how cohesive and, and structured or whatever, just how successful they are, we're not going to know how this is going. I think we, the only thing you can go off right now is that, oh, you know, I think he should have got an extra draft pick for this or should sign this guy instead of this guy or, or, oh, you know, there he's signing too much toughness, even though, which kind of under overlooks the fact that, um, yeah, that a, a, a bunch of these guys actually have pretty solid replacement numbers or above replacement numbers. I mean, this is crazy to think about, but Ryan Reeves has better at underlying numbers than Brett Howden does. So, you know, <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's just goes to show how much Brett was struggling and probably was rushing to the NHL. But everyone's like, oh, you know, my toughness, Tom Wilson has this organization shook. Um, but listen, I mean, I you and I both watched those games and the Rangers have had or have they need to walk taller, man. They've they've wilted in big moments and they've wilted against teams that started bringing the fight to them. They wilted against the Islanders, got demoralized. And, he, and that's the thing. It's not even about losing so much. It's about losing and just letting it happen and not showing any pushback or, or like that it angers you or resolve and just being resigned to your fate because that's the one you're, you're not going to have success. So, yeah. And trust me, I'm the farthest person you'll meet from a like, you know, maybe a little bit more old school truculence loving like you got to, you know, every line you have to be able to beat guys up in the corner. But I do think that this team needed some swagger, some snarl. And I think just by looking, you know, watching at the the Instagram video that Ryan Reeves sent out yesterday where he said goodbye to Vegas, but then he, he just, you could clearly tell he was hyped to be in New York. The guy he's got, he's got swagger, man. He's got personality and I'm excited. And I don't, I, at first the sign, I was like, Oh boy. But then he puts that video out and I'm, I can't lie. I'm excited. It's going to be fun to watch whatever antics happen with him on the ice, it's going to be fun and interesting, you know, as a fan, and he's got a big personality. I'm sure Rangers, uh, clearly Rangers fans 
you know, half of them already love this guy anyway. And I think the other half who are skeptic are going to come to love him uh, sooner rather than later. I think there's a clear message that the New York Rangers management coaching are sending to the players on our current roster right now. And it's that the old way of doing things is gone. All right. Quinn isn't here anymore. Old management is not here anymore. We're doing this my way and my way is not going to get our best player body slammed to the ice without consequences. You know, our, you know, our way of doing things now is that we have a bunch of young players that are entering this league who've never felt structure, who've gone, has gone out on the ice too many times, not knowing whether or not they're going to have to drop the gloves because of some, you know, uh, of something that went, you know, wrong the last time they played that team. You know, when, Tom Wilson did all that, you know, bullshit. And the next game, you knew someone was going to have to step up. Who's it going to be? Who's going to step up? Oh, Brendan, Brendan Smith had to step up. Like, th- those questions are already answered now. And it's not even going to get that far. Because the players on our roster are not going to let it get that far. And that was that's part of the puzzle, Andy, that we've been harping on this entire, you know, offseason and towards the end of last season, is that we needed... NHL players to be on our roster to kind of show these kids and lead these kids and say like, no, this is how it normally is. You know, teams took advantage of our youth last year and it's not going to happen this time. And, you know, for Lafreniere and, and, and Kako and Kraftsoff and, and, you know, even Igor, you know, as, as fresh as he is in, in, in this league and even Heedle, you know, the players that we've added to our roster allows them to not have any fear or any doubt that if they get a cheap shot against them, you know, if, if someone's picking on them, well, guess what? We have answers and we have multiple answers and teams are not going to be able to do it. They're not going to get away with it. And, you know, it just elevates the entire strength and confidence of our entire team. And that's why I kind of like these moves. I'm not one of those guys that's like, you know, well, we need goal scoring. So, you know, why'd you bring in Ryan Reeves? It's like we might get more goal scoring out of these younger guys if they don't feel like they're going to get, you know, their head knocked into next Tuesday every shift that they go out there against the Washington Capitals and Tom Wilson. You know, it, it just it changes the entire nature of this hockey team. And I want I want to give Chris Jury the chance and the opportunity to see this out and see if it works because I could see what he's doing. And I'm, I'm perfectly fine with it. You know, we were bullied last year. And I know, and we were bullied when we played Carolina in the playing round. And that's just not, it's not going to fly with Chris Drury. I think he's seen that story way too many times. He's seen, you know, uh, our roster with how many young, you know, young kids coming up. And it's just like, we can't have this anymore. We can't be the team that everyone can just take advantage of, play physical against, run our all-stars. And, you know, and, and we're just going to, you know, send Brendan Smith out to fight them for 30 seconds. You know, I applaud those guys for stepping up last year, but we can't be, you know, every game being like, who's going to step up? Who's going to fight so-and-so? Because, you know, they body slammed, you know, Mika or Panarin or Kako. You know, it's not going to happen. It's not going to fly anymore, Andy. So, you know, I kind of like these moves. It just, it gives us a swagger. It gives us now an identity, which we, we're desperately needed last year so uh, we improved you may not like the improvement but we improved yeah i mean and again 
I I said this before, Ryan Reeves, better player than Brett Howden. So, I mean, I can't, <laughs> I, you know, can't be too upset. And like I said, uh, Patrick Nemeth, even though maybe he had a, uh, a rougher playoff last year for Colorado, his results have been good, man. He's been a solid shutdown third pairing defender. And that's the other thing. Some of these guys, it's like... It's like, yes, obviously Reeves and Tonorti are those type of guys. But then you look at Blay and, and Goudreau and uh, and and Patrick Nem, excuse me. And the thing is, it's like just because the I guess the popular talking point becomes like grit and that they're tough and all this stuff. But it's, that's really only one facet of their game. They just happen to possess that as well, which is not a bad thing. You know what I mean? It does. Help. It's like one of those things where. It's an intangible that does help the rest of the team. And, uh, you know, I, I, like you said, that the Rangers don't have to worry about this stuff. Panarin doesn't have to jump on someone's back. It's not his, his job anymore. His job is put the puck in the net and the rest will sort itself out. And you know what, Lafreniere now, because he is a little bit grittier. If, if you, anyone who's watched him in junior knows, he's a little bit grittier than you'd think. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's tough to be, no matter how physically mature developed you are for a, ch- a kid your age you're still a kid and if you're going to take you know if you're an 18 year old or you're going to try to take a run at a 27 year old it's you're probably going to ba- don't be surprised if you bounced off him but you know he's a big kid and, and now he's like i can i can run to this guy in the wall and if, if someone tries to you know go after me i have protection i have support you know what i mean Revo's going to take care of it so that's great so he can play a little bit more openly and freely like you had alluded to. They don't have to worry about this. Like, it's not going to be like, well, if I do this, then I'm and me and, you know, Capo are going to have to, like, go back to back and, like, defend ourselves. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? So, yeah, which is good. And that's the thing is that they listen, right? Like, Ryan Reeves has been uh, was was he on the year they went to the cup final? I don't uh, think so. I think I, he came. He might have came the following year, or no? He maybe he was. I can't remember. I remember it was with the Penguins, but then, but still, they've been a pretty successful team with him on it. And even not, he doesn't listen. He's not going to play every game. We all know this. Even though Brett Howden played every game, but I'm not going to harp on that anymore. <laughs> but you know, he's there for the the more embroiled, important matchups. You know, I mean, if when they play the Capitals on the opening night roster, he'll probably be there. I, I would mostly imagine he's going to be there. Absolutely. Uh, and he might be starting. He might be. Yeah, he might, he might be. <laughs> Just him. to send a message. Yeah. And when they play the Islanders again, he'll probably be there. You know, so it's just. um, Yeah, it's just one of those. And uh, excuse me, because I'm still have, sipping my morning coffee. Like I said, we were out you know, having a good time late last night. So I'm a little my brain is a little slow to get up to speed. But um. Yeah, I mean, those roles, clearly having defined roles was important going into the season. And it's something that both Chris Drury has mandated. And obviously, you look at these moves and we know Gerard Gallant's uh, coaching style and the players he seems to favor. And most of these signings have his DNA all over it, right? You can definitely tell he has his input, and which is good. You know what I mean? I mean, he's a very successful coach. I mean, everyone thought Mike Keenan was crazy, but he said, this is what I need to win. And he got begrudgingly. He got what he needed. You know, I don't want obviously I don't want to trade a, uh, you know, a uh, a young promising prospect for like two two grindy guys. But 
you know, at the same time, it's like, this is what I need to win on the ice. I need guys that can get after the puck and be physical on the forecheck and having the corners and not, and have some snarls of their game. And that's what they're, what they have now. If you look at their lineup, they have a lot of depth right now in the bottom six, which it's been a revolving door of kind of like spare parts. And even, you know, trying to find guys who could maybe become that next sparkly Goudreau or, you know, just a guy who kind of gets taken from the bargain bin, but then you're like, oh, he's actually better than we anticipated or thought. And yeah, obviously the Rangers have tried this with DiGiuseppe's and Blackwell's and, you know, all these other guys to to maybe, you know, a mixed bag of success. But uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess they're hoping, you know, banking on the youth of, of uh, Sammy Blay could be, you know, that he could be one of those guys that there, he's still got room for growth because he's not, uh, I forget how old he is, but he's not, he's not that old. I think he's like 20. He's 25. Okay. As of right so, now. So I don't know. All right. So yeah, maybe. All right. So maybe they're hoping he's a, he's a late bloomer, but yeah, I mean, uh, Greg McKegg's back. <laughs> so, you know, he was a good depth forward for the Rangers. I like the Dryden Hunt signing. He's a guy who yeah. I think there could be something, um, untapped potential there. And yeah, now we have, it's almost like a log jam, you know, because the last few seasons it's almost been like a log jam to play in our, our top six. Now it's almost the opposite. It's like a log jam to play in our bottom six, which is good. You find the best combination. And, you know, I think they're confident that Goudreau can play up or hell, even Sammy Blake could play up with Panarin and, and Strom if he's still here. Because uh, we heard, you know, there was a rumor that Panarin preferred playing with Blackwell to when he was playing with Kako, which I think makes sense. I think it's like him and Strom have that ESP thing and right. uh, they prefer to have someone who's literally, I'm just going to run into the corners. I'm going to dig out the puck. I'm going to get it to you. Then I'm going to let you, you know, then just cause interference and that works for him. So, I mean, it remains to be seen whether or not Fred's, uh, Fred, Jesus, I almost said Fred, uh, uh, Ryan Strom will be on this roster come training camp and not get traded. But yeah, I mean, they have a, clearly the Rangers have a much clearer design in their head of what this team's going to look like. Whereas I think the last few seasons, the narrative has been patience and kind of feeling it out and who's going to grow into what role. I think they're, they're saying they're done with that. I don't Lafreniere and Kappa. I don't care if you're ready. You're, you're playing first line, you know, left wing and right wing with, uh, with Mika. We're going to see how that goes. Yeah. And you know, and rightfully so, like it, it, uh, it's, you know, Ranger fans have been frustrated for so long you know, watching other teams draft these guys in the top 10 and, and they come in and, and they're impactful players right off the bat. And, you know, obviously every organization is different. Every team is different. Every management um, is different. And, you know, I think you and I saw the big picture. I don't think, you know, we thought, you know, we were going to get these young kids and be successful given the roster that we had. But, you know, I think you and I both saw that it was time for a move. And I really like what Chris Jury has done. You know, he, he's given these guys an opportunity to, you know, not only be themselves, but find themselves in the positions uh, where they could succeed. And, you know, you know, now the excuses are done. You know, there's no, you know, Kako, I, I don't care if you're, you know, you're playing second line minutes. You're no longer without him. So there's no excuses anymore. Like if you can't produce, if you can't, you know, uh, be that, you know, two way forward that you seem to be blossoming into, then, you know, then, then you're out, like we'll find, you know, a different, <laughs> different, you know, route for you, uh, with your NHL career. But, you know, I, 
You know, I look at this roster right now and I say this is a roster that not only can compete in the in the regular season, but they they're going to be able to compete in the playoffs. You know, when when things get rougher, when the refs put away their whistles and allow the game to completely change upside down, um, I think the Rangers are still going to be able to compete. They're one of those grittier teams, and and you saw it with Montreal, the success that you have with guys that are willing to grind, guys that are willing to play a simple game, throw the puck in the corners, bang the defenseman, make them turn, and you know, and, and just play that, you know, uh, play with a tenacity and 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 grit and just speed. I see that with the Rangers roster right now. And, you know, the one thing that I was worried about was having an identity. And I think the Rangers kind of have it. They they kind of put, right now for me, all the pieces together to fill out a roster. Now, we don't even know if it, that's going to still change. Obviously, the whole Strom thing is kind of throwing, you know, the fan base for a loop. But I kind of, you know, want to, you know, go into and touch on maybe the last hot topic of the NHL offseason and it just keeps getting hotter is the Jack Eichel situation. And obviously it's relevant to us because the New York Rangers are still one of the main teams still discussed when talking about where will Jack Eichel play next season. Um, I'm going to let you have your opinion first before I get into mine, because I don't know, I kind of want to hear yours first because I might be overreactionary. Well, overreactionary to the the Eichel, like, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. like just the, your thoughts on Eichel right now, yeah. the situation, oh, and and as it pertains to the Rangers. Yeah, so I mean, this is clearly the big elephant in the room for the Rangers this off season. Is that yes, they've made moves, but they haven't made the move move. And I mean, it doesn't take. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, you don't have to be uh, Columbo to see that the reason they're doing that is because uh, whatever money they bring in, yeah, takes away from their their uh, potential to stash a you know nine million dollar player uh, or ten whatever Michael makes um, under their cap. So, I mean, it clearly we've seen from an outsider's perspective. We've seen it boil over from Eichel's camp and the fact that Kevin Adams. Uh, doesn't feel rushed to trade him and is going to wait. So obviously Eichel's camp has now tried to turn up the heat and put pressure on them by saying that that their their inactivity or their unwillingness to pull the trigger is now could affect Eichel playing or being ready to start next season because of the, the time you need to get the surgery he wants and then recover from it. So yeah, it's obviously starting to get ugly and starting to broil over. So we'll see if that makes things go faster, but yeah, I mean, as we know, the the asking price was very high. And listen, in a in a vacuum, every player who has value could be taken on a team for the right reason, right? Um, Eichel is a one of when he's healthy. Obviously, health that's the operative word. When he's healthy, he is one of the ten best centers in the league. I don't think there's any doubt about it. I love Zabanajad. Eichel is a better player than Zabanajad when he's healthy. Yeah, I mean, there's so many other factors. Like we have never seen Jack in the playoffs, so can he? Does he wilt? Uh, there's been questions or rumors about him not being a good leader or being, you know, a little bit immature. Or he was too young or too inexperienced. I mean, again, you can say that, but you can also easily say he got appointed at you know when he was what nineteen or twenty. They made you made they made him the 
captain of the losingest franchise in the NHL. And it's like, oh, he hasn't like he hasn't like brought them steer. You know, he didn't bring them out of the, the doldrums. So I don't know. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, it's 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 clearly a risky proposition. He's hurt. And beyond him being hurt and getting a, this ex- wanting this experimental surgery that no NHLer has ever had. It's not like he was the the you know the portrait of health before. He's a guy who has had other injuries in his career. He seems to get injured a bit. He get you know he had that high ankle sprain, um, and well, a couple seasons ago. And I think he then even with the other leg, he kind of had something else going on with. But yeah, you just have to hope that he can withstand the, the rigor. Some guys are just hurt all the time. You know, Steven Stamkos is hurt like all the time. But when he's yeah. on the, you know, when he was on the ice, he's a good player. But you do miss him a lot, you know. And thank God, luckily for Tampa, they have so many weapons that it ultimately doesn't matter. And they found the Braden Point and a Kucherov, even as Stamkos's gifts were diminishing. But um, yeah, I mean, it's a gamble, and that doesn't even take into account the price that apparently Kevin Adams is looking for. And uh, I think the rumor is that it's the equivalent of four firsts, and that would be a first round pick a one of a, t- a team's like one of their best prospects um one of their young players currently playing on their team and then maybe a, someone who has like value that could help could be a little bit more helpful in the the interim that they could even flip for first if in the future if they wanted to right um i think like there was a it was just a rumor is never confirmed that from Vegas, one of the teams that are interested in Michael, they were asking like Peyton Krebs, Nick Hague, uh, Riley Smith, and like a first or something, which is a lot, you know, uh, Krebs is their best prospect. So, uh, I mean, as the Rangers, they clearly don't want to pay that. So, and obviously it, it seems like teams are all backed away or backed out. So it's kind of hard to know who is the leverage because obviously the closer, the Sabres get to holding out. Uh, Jack does have a no movement clause that pick that kicks in that he can like start nixing, you know, trades to places and he can kind of pick his destination. And even though they say they're willing to have him on their, their roster and training camp, I think they they're convinced that I think it's just mind games are trying to be, cause you don't want him in that locker room. It's weird. It's awkward. It sets a bad tone. Like you don't want it. He's not going to be ready at this point. If they don't let him have his, his surgery. Um, so I, and I don't know how that, the met, that's going to play out the medical end of it. Um, I, yeah, I just have no idea if there's any leagues for, or grounds for Jack to go to the league and, or the NHLPA and saying like, we, we need to do something about this. But I guess the question is, should the Rangers get Jack Eichel? Uh, if they get Jack Eichel, can they afford Jack Eichel and Mika Zibanejad? I'm not so sure. I think you and I were both more on board of finding a maybe not as supremely talented center as Jack Eichel, but a guy who would get paid maybe a little overpaid, but still be like very useful. Like a Philip Deneau would have been, we were both, I think we were both on board with that. Um, but that's obviously not going to happen now that he signed with LA. Um, and yeah, I mean, I, I'm almost of two minds on Eichel. I could see them, you know, if I, as long as I'm happy with the cost to get him, and I, and and in fairness, I think to get Jack Eichel, it's going to sting a little bit. I don't, I don't think it'll be worth anything. What Sabres fans think? You're not getting Lafreniere. You're not getting Kako. God, I hope. Even though Larry is like tweeted out some, why he's putting it out there is beyond some me. Ass, well, you know what? I I I almost interpret it as that if 
it was almost like if you if the Rangers give Kako, you have to retain fifty percent on Jack Eichel. That way, the Rangers could keep Zabanajad and Eichel. But they're not going to pay Jack Eichel twenty five no. million dollars over his. They're going to want to be done. They want to be done, done with him. So I think yeah. that's what I think that's what Larry was saying. It wasn't that. It's like that has to be the what the Rangers pony up to get him. It's that they if they're like you they're like if you want to get Jack Eichel off your team. You know, the Rangers could give you Kako, but if they give you Kako, you have to retain 50% on Jack Eichel. So much making his cap hit only like five mil, you know, a, a season. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I go back and forth because I do think, you know, because Jack Eichel is very good. It's just there's so many question marks. This is a lot. And even if it even if it does, I'll let you go in a second, but even if it does become like you end up paying a first... I don't know, Braden Schneider, Philip Heedle, uh, and I don't know, Strom or something. Like, you know, Heedle and Schneider are two promising guys, or even Kraftsoff. You know, it's like, it's going to sting. You don't want to lose any of those guys, but it's not like Lafreniere, you know, uh, Georgiev, Kako. It's just all these the, the crazy proposals you see floating around. So uh, I'm... I still don't know how I totally feel about it. I can obviously see the appeal of getting Jack Eichel, but obviously there's so much X factor in this whole thing that it just, I do have pause, man. Cause especially if you take Jack at his full cap hit, you're going to have to move on from Zabanajad. If not now, then sooner or later. Right. And you know, I look at them, you know, you look at Eichel always hurt. Look at Zabanajad. He's always injured. And Say you do bring in Jack Eichel for this year and you plan on getting rid of Zibanejad, you know, after this next year. You, you could potentially have over 15 million in cap space not playing at the same time because of injuries. And, you know, with this surgery, do we know a timeline? Like, when is Jack going to even be able to play and suit up again? You know, he's having like a, a herniated disc replacement. Like, this isn't, you know you know, a, a hamstring injury. This is, you know, they're replacing a disc in a spine. Like I, I, I don't want to touch Jack with a 10 foot pole. I said this this morning to one of my group chats. I wouldn't even trade Morgan Barron straight up right now for Jack Eichel. I don't want the drama. I don't want it. I don't want the distraction. I don't want the experiment. I don't want anything to do with Jack Eichel right now. And I feel awful saying this, but the guy right now, if, if, if it's as bad as Eichel's camp is making it out to be, I don't want any part of it. If this is just an overblown situation and Jack is just like, you know, crying foul because he really wants to be dealt as soon as possible, then, you know, touche. But I, again, I'm not willing to take that chance. I don't want to take that risk. I see what Zibanejad has and how frustrating that is dealing with Zibanejad and his injuries all the time. And I cannot have a top center who's going to be injured every single season. I can't have that. And like, I, I feel like people are just like, it's Eichel or bust. It's not. Barkov is an unrestricted free agent next year. We could sign him for nothing. We don't have to give anything away. And we could still get rid of Zibanejad if we wanted to. And, you know, I just feel like we're so desperate as a franchise to bring in a big name. Cause we haven't, I feel like in a long time since, you know, Panarin and the last couple of seasons, we, you know, we've just been skating around without an identity. And if we bring in Eichel, it'll make us feel good as a franchise. It's like, we don't need that. Let's just calm down. 
We have a roster that can win. All right. Do we not see what Zabenajad has done over the last few years? He was a lot better towards the end of the season. Lafreniere was a lot better towards the end of the season. Capo Caco, if he makes another leap similar from two years ago to last year to this year, I mean, he's going to turn into a hell of a player. Like, we don't need a Jack Eichel right now. Especially, you know, we have Strom and, you know, Panarin chemistry that has been, you know, blossoming into something great over the last few years. And we're, we're, we're lucky that those two have chemistry because it gives Strom an identity and it boosts his numbers. And we could possibly trade him, you know, for another piece, you know, uh, at the end of next year or, or, you know, because he becomes a UFA in 22, 23. I just, I feel like let's not give up any piece for Jack Eichel because the cap hit is absurd for a player that we don't know what he's going to be like even if the surgery is 100% successful, do you really think he's going to be the same Jack Eichel he was, you know, a few seasons ago when he, you know, he, he was borderline going for the heart? I don't, I don't know. And I'm, I just right now with the Rangers how they're, they're built right now, I'm not willing to take that chance. I don't know, call me crazy, Andy, but th- this is like when Eichels can't put out that statement talking about how bad that was. I, I really do think like the league needs to step in because you're not talking about like, a, you know, uh, a fractured hand. You're, you're talking about like a spine, like that's serious stuff. And I'm not a doctor or anything, but when, you, when I see the spine and then a physical sport like hockey, those two don't mix with me. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, I just saw before we fired up this, uh, this podcast record that uh, a new 31 Thoughts podcast dropped and it's Jeff and Elliot. Uh, I think they're interviewing Jack's out, out, outside physician, the, not his organization appointed one, and why he needs spinal fusion surgery or whatever. Or excuse me, he needs a a uh, it, he or he wants an experimental disc replacement or something, right? Yeah. So yeah, so it's kind of explaining the medical science behind that. So that's pretty fascinating. I'm definitely going to check that out because hopefully it answers some of my questions. And yeah, like, like it's just so many variables and you just don't know. And we do know Jack is like skating right now. We're trying to skate and, and take like practice. He's practicing in Boston with a few other guys uh, in the Bruins ice surface. But uh, yeah, man, it's just, it's, uh, it's a lot. And like you said, especially if you see a 25 year old Alexander Barkov uh, about to hit free agency and you know, who knows what the Panthers will do next year and how he feels about being there. And there's been so many rumblings that he's going to leave. Maybe they've been a Monica more successful recently, I guess after um, I'm trying to think of in terms of like moves in and moves out for them. They kind of had a disappointing showing. Um, Did they make the playoffs this year? Oh yeah. They took, um, what's your call to? Oh, that's right. They, they meant uh, they they met with Tampa, which sucks. You know that that sucks for them that they're, you know, they're good when their 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 uh, older brother, you know, across the way is better. You know, sucks mm-hmm. for them. But um, yeah, I guess it happens if, especially if if he's like, I'm just gonna keep living in Tampa's shadow forever, like you know, or but who knows? I don't know. We don't know what how he feels about being there. But let's say they have a disappointing season, then all of a sudden it's like, is this someone who would look to move on, especially? If, you know, I think the Panthers have a lot of pieces, but do they have a number one defenseman? Uh, you know, Ekblad's good. It was sucked that he was hurt, but, 
yeah, maybe, maybe he's close to that or maybe right around it or under it. But, you know, who I just it's tough to know how he feels. But at the same time, if he was available, it would only cost you money. You wouldn't have to talk about losing all these young guys who could pop. You know what I mean? And Tampa holds on to their young guys and they pop. You know, I, they I don't see any superstars they've traded away. You know, it's just it's just about being smart, and making the moves that make sense. Panarin only costs money. And uh, one of the best things they've ever done, clearly. It only costs them money. So, right. Yeah. And like you said, it's just there. I, there is all, it's hard to tell what's just sometimes uh, like poisoning the well from other GMs. You don't know what happens or because Eichel doesn't have the best reputation or like he doesn't listen. And is he going to be open to coming in? Kind of like Taylor Hall, who's like now so happy he could just be one of the guys and doesn't have to be like, Taylor Hall, please save our, our franchise. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, is Eichel the same way? Or is the second he steps in there, is he like, all right, well, I'm the man now. You know, like, I don't know. Can you play in the sandbox with others? I don't I don't really know the, the answer to these questions. I don't know Jack Eichel well enough. But uh, yeah, it's just a lot of risk, like you said. And I don't really... I'm not very comfortable making it. And that's, that's the other thing. Like you, you also, you had mentioned that there's so many people that are like, it's like Eichel or bus or like trade for Jack Eichel. There's, I've even seen some people on social media, Twitter, uh, idiots mostly, but say stuff like, uh, you know, the Rangers, I would give up, you know, Kako in a heartbeat for, for Jack Eichel, you know, or I would make Kako a sweetener to get, make, if it, if it made the Jack Eichel trade go through. And they just, like you said, they keep talking about Jack like he is, they know he will be exactly what he was uh, two seasons ago for the rest of his career. And you just don't know that. You don't have any assurances. I mean, right. it, it, and it hurts to say, but I think, or I know, under, I understand why it sucks because he's just done there, but it's one of those things where if Buffalo really wanted a good return on Eichel, because, well, they, they want to get rid of him without... They want to have it both ways. They want to get rid of him, but they also don't want to incur the risk of if the surgery doesn't work and it hurts the player. If they really want to maximize his value, if they let him get that surgery and then he came back and he looked fine, like he looked like the same old Jack Eichel like for a few months going into... Because they're not making the playoffs next year, obviously. But yeah. if he was still looking like good, like the same old Jack Eichel, or hell, even if he was just skating and playing on the ice and they're like, oh, this guy can still play hockey. Like, you could probably flip him at the deadline for close to a, a higher deal. But the problem is they've burned so much goodwill with him that he's just done. He's done with the losing. He's done with the organization. He's sick of it and he wants out, you know, if maybe if, and like, that's the whole thing at that. He almost had intimated there'd been very little contact prior and kind of hands off. And it's just so weird. It's like, at any point, they could have said, "Like Jack, if you're not happy here, we have to. We want you to go somewhere. You're happy, but we also want to be. You know, we we obviously can't afford to just lose you for pennies on the dollar. Like we, you know, you, you want to have the surgery. He's like, we'll let you have your your surgery. Uh, but if you have your surgery, you're gonna have to get traded the deadlines, which means when you're healthy, it's their teams are gonna want to see that you. So then you we'll let you have the surgery, but you're gonna have to play, so we can trade you at the whatever." I don't know what his relationship is was slash is like with Kevin Adams or if he's just tuned them out, but or if it was just never going to be ever be that civil to get to that judgment. But I don't know. This could have been handled a lot of different ways. And the way it's getting handled right now, who knows? I'm 
you know, I think the only problem is that if they if he's going to go for pennies on the dollar, then every team is going to be scrounging in their pockets, and then you have a lot more competition. So, uh, don't know how this plays out at this point. I it just becomes more and more of a shit show every day. So yeah, that's where I'm at. Yeah, and you know, it's it's one of those things where. Um, you know, I'm praying every single day where I kind of read that, you know, um, the Rangers have kind of dropped out of the running for Jack Eichel, uh, just too much drama. I think the Rangers just need to steer, steer clear. I think other opportunities to sign bigger names, not bigger names, but you know, uh, names on that same level, uh, will pop up. And, you know, honestly, you know, I know I know Mika is 28, so you'd be getting a, a much younger player, uh, a better player if healthy. But, you know, right now we have Mika, unrestricted free agent next season. I don't know how much money he's going to want to uh want to take. I would imagine I would imagine 8 million, Andy. Would would that sound correct to you? For Mika? Yeah. I, there was a weird rumor floating around that he wanted like Eichel money. Uh, or he wanted closer to 10 or something, which is ridiculous. I don't know if you think he'd get it. I mean, yeah, what, what he's got what, what he's got going for him, though, is that he has been one of the best goal scorers in the league for the last two to three seasons. Uh, and even, you know, he still read the, led the Rangers a goal, even though co- he got, you know, COVID really did a toll on him. But then when he looked back to his old self, he was literally on fire again. Right. Guy can score goals. Goals are are helpful. So, and they even, <laughs> I mean, his, it's weird because he's almost gone from, as he's gotten more productive, it seems that like he's maybe gotten away a little bit from being his, uh, a, a better two way center. Like he was when he was first got on this team and he was younger and maybe he wasn't as good as, or confident with the puck or good at putting the net, but he was like playing more of the inside game where, you know, but who knows? Maybe, maybe Turk is the, the, the best guy to, get him back to playing better two-way structured two-way hockey because I definitely think the Raiders are going to have more structure if you watch the way the Golden Knights have played and not really much has changed under DeBoer they pretty much played the same way they're a bit of a slower roster but they always have the puck they kind of remind me a little bit of the LA Kings the year they beat the Rangers for the Mm -hmm. um you know for in the cup final uh but yeah, you know, they have these guys, a bunch of guys that play good two-way hockey and they, the neutral zone, there are sharks in it. Like you have Mark Stone. You can imagine Kako like in the neutral zone just stealing pucks and like taking away and going the other way. And But that said, I don't know if the... Yes, obviously they've had good players, but I don't think the Golden... He ever had a player, or at least when he was on the Golden Knights, because yes, he's he's coached Barkov and Huberdu before, but... You know, he hasn't had a Panarin. He's going to have Lafreniere and Kako. He's got Mika Zibanejad. He's got, you know, Adam Fox on his back end. So he's never had like a, you know, a defenseman as uh, offensively supreme as Adam Fox. So he's got a lot of things, you know, he hasn't had the, the luxury of before. So I guess it'll be, does he adjust? Does he let a little bit more skill involve? But then at least obviously just implementing an overall team structure to let his the grindier aggressive guys he got like uh, you know help factor into the equation yeah i don't know it's gonna be interesting but you just like you said you know that they're most likely gonna have more defined roles and i don't know does it does that involve a talk with zibanejad about being like yeah you can score goals you've scored goals the last few seasons but you your team hasn't gotten very far so 
you know, it's we're going to play with our structure and by keeping our structure, opportunities are going to rise and then you just do what you do best. But, you know, no, you know, you don't have to like fly the zone as much and try to catch them on breakaways and all this other stuff, just like you're going to be in position and then then you can just go to work when it's time. So, yeah, I don't know. But uh, it'll, gotta, it'll be interesting to see. I got a couple more questions yeah, for yeah. you and then we can wrap things up. Yeah, sure. All right. No, let's get into the goalies real quick. Igor, have you heard any rumblings about what his contract will look like? And the second question, uh, the whole Georgie situation, I think you and I should talk about. Uh, yeah, I mean, so obviously there was um, like Frank Savarali had mentioned in a in, in a passing comment that Georgiev could be on. It was a potential trade uh, target for teams this summer because he had requested a trade. He was then pressed on it, and he kind of gave some answer about like, oh, are, we're, we're kind of splitting hairs here, you know, requesting a trade or open to being moved, almost alluding like they're the same thing when I, I don't I don't think they are. I think that's one is like Jack Eichel has requested a trade. He doesn't want to play there anymore. I think the Georgiev situation, I think it's simply a case of a goaltender being like, listen, Shesterkin's clearly their guy. I am younger than Shesterkin. <laughs> And I am, you know, maybe I'm not, I haven't shown the consistency that he has, but I'm still talented. We've seen Georgiev have been very good at times, you know, when he's on, he is on man and he can be, but you know, he's the mental, the mental hills and valleys have been much deeper. Right. Um, but I think, yeah, he's got eyes. He can see he's most likely not going to be a starter here. And he's like, I think I have starter potential much like Cam Talbot thought years ago or, Auntie Ranta, you know, when why he went to Arizona, it happens. There's only two spots on the team or, and there's well, technically there's only one spot on the team. And the other one is to ride shotgun and play less games. So unless it's like you're with a, a, a you're truly in a, like a, a one, a one B situation, which as long as you have Shesterkin, who's as young as he is, it's not, he's going to play 60 to 70% of the games. You're getting the other 30, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I think, this is simply Georgiev went to management and was like, listen, I, uh, I like being here, but that being said, I, you know, I do see myself as a starter. And if, if the, if a deal presented itself, uh, I wouldn't mind being moved. And that's saying, that's not saying you have to drop what you're doing and trade me now. That's just saying, if teams are asking for goaltenders, throw my name out there. You know what I mean? It's a little, it's definitely more collaborative and it's, or, I don't think or it's a, maybe a hint, hint like, Hey, you know, if I am part of a trade, can move me to a team, you know, that needs a starting goaltender. Yeah. You know what well, I mean? Like there, there's different ways that he could have went to management and, or even if we didn't even go to management and it was just, you know, you know, uh, maybe he spoke to his agent and his agent yeah. kind of threw that out and, there. And that's just the thing. Like, it's like, it's not, it's, it doesn't surprise me. It's, I've been thought, I've been, we've been talking about this on this podcast for a while. Like Gurgiev's eventually going to probably want to go, you know, right. pursue his fortunes elsewhere. Like that's not a, a shock. That shouldn't be a shock to anyone. So that's why the fact that Rangers fans and and I do think it's a bit of Severali just wording it like it that because I think then it's getting linked back to the D'Angelo incident and it's like is this guy is do people like Georgiev in the locker room and this or that? Well, yeah, and, and like him? that is like almost bullshit. Like what do you, what do you, I don't even get who says. Like his response, because someone like basically called him out on it. Yeah. And then his response was, well, he's not liked in the locker room. And it's like, 
where does that come from? And like, why would that even be? So now you're saying he wants a, a trade because he's not liked in the locker room. It's just like the story and narrative that he kind of like threw out there. It was just clickbait. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Cause then it gets into that. And then it's like, it, it's, yeah, it's like, okay. So they don't, if I, here's the thing, I think if, if Georgiev was that so not liked in that locker room, that was, a, it was an issue. He would have been moved already. There's plenty of teams that needed goaltenders and were paying for them. You know, it's like, but yeah, they're going to keep him up. They know this team is trying to forge ahead and forge a new unified front is going to let a malcontent backup poison their locker room because yeah, they, they, they were literally willing to walk away from Pavel Buchnevich who's super popular on that team and well-loved because they didn't want to like overpay him and they were going to walk away. So they just took Sammy play in a second, but no, they're going to, they're not going to move on from Gurgiv until the deal's right. Like, yeah, give me a break. Like that's, that's clearly clickbait and, hearsay and uh yeah i don't i don't know it just sounds stupid to me uh, it just annoyed it literally me. and i and that's i think the thing is that if you and no, listen frank if no offense to frank he did a very good job with the 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 kraken leaks and the expansion leaks and he did good for himself but elliot friedman wouldn't drop that even if he heard that or knew it he would never drop that without having and he would also drop in a ways like, I think there is friction in the locker room. He would never say like his teammates don't like him like that. Yeah, that's kind of a Bush League statement to make, because then it, it's you have to follow up with it. You have to say there was an incident or this or that or even be specific. They're like, even after, you know, the Tony situation was too is two sided. Maybe they were upset that it got to that point or that he was involved or that he started he escalated it or any of this stuff, but that's the thing is that then you have to elaborate. And like you said, he's just throwing stuff out there. It's like, it's stuff that's like, it's almost like I know something you don't know. And I just don't have to tell you I've been inside or I have my things. So I'm just going to make statements and it's letting Harris. If you disagree with me. Yeah. yeah which is I, re- dumb and, and, dumb I just and reckless. It is. Yeah, stupid. It's a it's reckless comment. Yeah. It's a reckless comment. And he just wants people to comment, like, and retweet his tweet and, you know, and just kind of be cryptic. And send out, you know, weird messages that don't do anyone a service. Like, you know, it, it's not helpful for Georgie. It's not helpful for the Rangers. Um, and it's just not helpful for, you know, for anybody, really. Just, you know, it doesn't need to be out there. Even if it is true, you don't. Now you got to kind of back it up, you know. So it, it's just a very odd, weird thing to put out there. Um and uh, have you heard anything about what an Igor contract may look like? Uh, I haven't. I mean, I, you know, I don't know. I try to, I, do, I definitely don't think, I mean, the, luckily he's not going to have to pay Igor as much as Lundqvist got. Mm-hmm. Um, he just doesn't have the, 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 this you know, the shower time, uh, at least in the NHL yet, you know, accolades aside. I don't know. I can't really see it i'm trying to think of similar like it's not like he's gonna get like a vasilevsky comment you know um you know i i don't really know i kind of think it it, i think it depends it all there's always a lot of depending on yeah there's you know a lot of it always depends on like does he want to get himself a second contract but goaltending is really fickle, man. So I think if the team came to him with 
like a I don't know with with term and like an AAV of like I don't know um, maybe around five point five or six. I'd be tempted to take it, you know, if I was him. If especially they gave him term, right? Like to, to take him into his early thirties. Uh, well, he's just at a unique age where it's like, he yeah, it's, could it's, sign a three year deal or a two or three year deal and just you know bet on himself yeah. for that huge contract. But is it really worth it? Because now no, you're twenty seven. Yeah, no, he's listen. I mean, yeah, he's already like. 20 was he 25 26 right he's 25 right as of right yeah now. it's just you're getting into the if he's a year younger it might have been a little bit easier call to make but i just think i think if the team's smart especially because they they uh you know obviously they bridged philip Heedel, um which is smart for and and here's the thing there's people they mad that they uh they bridged him. You know, a lot of times, like you said, players bet on themselves. If I was Phil and I felt like I was about to pop, I'm going to bet on myself. Right. You know what I mean? I'm going to. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm sure it's, it was, that was his camp and the Rangers are like, all right, we'll give you your bridge, but we're going to drive this AAV now. That's why he only makes, you know, for whatever it is to, it was like, what, two point. It was under 2. Three. three. Yeah. yeah which is not a lot. Three. No, it's for a it's guy who can nothing. And you're basically if he pops, you're at least you're going to get two years of him putting up great, you know, second second line uh, numbers at two point three, which is a great deal. But obviously, what's the old the old uh, turn of phrase or is that if you build cheap bridges, be prepared to replace them. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So, I mean, with Igor, I, you know, I think he they're going to give him a a generous, but probably. You know, and listen, he's a, he's a, I think he's, you and I believe in his talent. We think he is, I think you could say at this point, I don't see him reaching the heights that Lundqvist has ever, ever reached. But at the same time, it's like, I think the next few years here, he couldn't become a extremely, one of the best goaltenders in the NHL. And, uh, we've done, we've tried paying before and it didn't work. So just get this guy at a healthy number but not too painful now. And even if they're like, if it's too low for him, then I don't know, give him term. He is only 25. So even if you gave him a, a longer deal, I mean, that if it takes him into his early thirties, then you can revisit. That's good. You know what I mean? So right. look, at it as a, look at it as a positive. So let's, yeah, let's say, I don't know. Uh, let's say he gets a, a four or five year deal at, I don't know. I'm going to say maybe, maybe around six. I can't, I don't, I don't know which way, maybe just shy or just over. Um, he has clearly hasn't earned, you know, seven, seven, seven no. uh, mil money yet or for this performance. Not that he's been bad. It's just the team. You know, really and that's it. the other thing. Team success plays such a big part into how much goaltenders get play, paid for no reason. That's why there's so, so many bad goaltending contracts in, on the books for so many teams. But you know, he he strikes me as Mr. Consistency. The team in front of him should be better and just get him locked up in something he feels comfortable and happy with and not, you know, like, oh, I should be paid more or, you know, but not too much where it's like he makes a lot of money and it's the fan base is mad at him now. Just, you know, just find find that number and give it to him. Yeah. And, you know, um, another situation that the Rangers could find themselves in is if uh, Georgie ends up getting traded leads an op leaves an opportunity for a backup goaltender to come in 
And a familiar name has been thrown around our little chat, Andy, with Henrik Lundqvist coming back and being a backup goaltender. Yeah, man. Uh, I mean, talk about Cinderella story. Well, I guess for for Ranger fans, not so much for Hank, he'd probably feel like, oh, I've got to come back to my old franchises as a backup. I don't know. You have to. That's the thing. The guy's really competitive. Is he? It, I think he had, he might have to be realistic in what teams are comfortable signing him as. And I think he's hoping for a one A one B situation. You know, where it's like he's kind of splitting the workload, and there's like. But I think I don't know. Would I guess would he be willing to come back to his former franchise? But with the caveat that you are the backup, you are not pay, playing the most games. I mean, he was gracious about it, how he handled it on his way out with Igor. I mean, you know, but Georgiev is still here. So if I obviously they have to move Georgiev first, right? Or or if they bring, were to bring him in, they would then have to move Georgiev, obviously, because he did the three-headed goalie carousel once, and he's not <laughs> doing it again. Um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, it would be definitely be feel good because obviously that was my dream or one of my dreams was that it was like he, him and Igor were going to like do it together. And it was Igor's idol and it's like, oh, he's learned from him and, you know, like Obi-Wan Kenobi. And, but you know, that kind of, I have to say since John David, you know, John Davidson, who, and can I just say when the draft came on and, and Jeff Gordon was on the panel and then they threw it to an interview with JD, it hurt so much just because like. We've spoke about this before. JD has that like big grandpa energy that just makes you gives you the warm fuzzies when he talks and you feel like safe and secure. And having that in the Rangers, especially with his history with the organization, just made me feel so good. So not having that now, it's almost like you having that shocking moment where you realize like, oh man, your parents, uh, your parents don't have it together as much as I thought they did. You know, you know that type of thing. Yeah. I'm more of an adult sometimes than my 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 parents. That type of thing. <laughs> so it's um, yeah. I mean, as nice as as much as I love Hank and I miss him, uh, I, there is much, there's pause because he could come back from this and be ready and he could just flat out suck because he's a pushing 40 and he just had open heart surgery and hasn't played hockey in, in two years, you know, I mean, which is hard to, you know, which would suck. It would be, I don't want him to be embarrassed. I don't want anyone to get, look like a fool here. So, um, yeah, but I mean, listen, in a perfect world, he would come back and he would be, not as good as he once was, but once as good once as he ever was. And, and it would be good enough. Uh, it would be good for enough to be a backup, you know? So, but we'll, we'll see, I guess we'll have to hear. He's still waiting to get cleared from his medicals, but um, I know he's been practicing and stuff. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that, you know, obviously we're kind of joking about it, but if it were to happen, you know, and he was able to play hockey again, um, and he was realistic about his own expectations and the Rangers were in a position to make a cup run. You know, I, I think it could be, you know, a solid fit and, you know, I, I would be part of the, you know, the camp where I'd be like, don't expect a Lundqvist of old, but for him to come back here, be in the playoffs once again with the New York Rangers, cause I, I don't really see any cup contender taking a risk, uh, with Lundqvist. Um, but you know, if the Rangers were one of those middle of the pack teams where they saw themselves as the Montreal Canadians and they were able to move Georgie and, and bring in Hank for one last run, um, for a feel good story, I, I'd be all about it. I mean, what Hank has gone through over the last year, uh, has got to be, you know, you know, heartbreaking, you know, you, you don't want to go out that way and, and, uh, 
you know, you, you don't want, you know, uh, a surgery or an open heart surgery to dictate the future of your playing career. You want to go out in your own terms. So, um, you know, for me, I think it would be a feel good story and I wouldn't mind having Hank there along the ride for, you know, one last season. Yeah. I mean, man, like you said there, it would give me the warm fuzzies for sure. And yeah, I just, like I said, I think especially the, with some of the guys they've brought in, I think, you know, he had to see a lot of the more established guys get, uh, slowly extracted from the team and they go on to have success elsewhere. I mean, you know, you have half of them went to Tampa, you know, now half of them are in Arizona. Um, and that had to sting, but it, it almost seems like now the team that they're going to have would be definitely more. Uh, yeah, I think it, it could, you could potentially ice a team. I don't think he's ever played in front of a team that played good enough defense in front of him. Or if they tried to play good defense, they couldn't score. So to put, have a chance for him to finally play like in front of a team that like puts puck in the nets, but then also like plays good two-way hockey. And he's like, oh, so that's what that must feel like, you know? Like he's like, I could have been doing this my entire career instead of like standing on my head, you know? So, uh, yeah, it would be awesome. So, I think that's, uh, yeah, that would that would be nice. So let's let's hope he he gets the the green light, and I guess we can go from there with our speculation. Thank you for listening to the Broadway Boys podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Broadway Boys Pod, and please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.